Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Welcome tonight. It's a Wednesday night. Uh, you're probably thinking, hey, where's, where, where's that Damon guy? Well, he got stuck in D.C., uh, I think he's still stuck behind the uh, the razor wire and the fence and everything. That, <laughs> yeah, right. they, they, they won't let him out. He, he tried to get too close to the Capitol, I guess. He was trying to get Nancy Pelosi's autograph. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or he's a got picture a, with He's her. got a secret crush on her. Yeah. But, uh, no. Paul and I and Rick Amorati are here to hold down the fort until Damon joins us. Um, till then, of course, we've got a lot to cover, a lot of things happening. And, of course, as always, thank you for joining us. If you're watching on uh, Pluto TV Channel 240 or Dish Network Channel 219, also find us on the Real America's Voice app. And you can watch, you can, uh, you, you can comment there because uh, we're not on Twitchy tonight or Twitch tonight. So, if you're looking for us there, we're, we will we we will be back tomorrow night. Tonight, it's it's not uh, you won't find us there. So, in the meantime, Paul, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Had a nice night last night. It was my 24th anniversary. Wow! Hey, congratulations, Paul. And, and you never had a fight. Never, never not once. <laughs> today. And <laughs> once today. Any well, nice gifts? It's like we woke up. She woke up this morning, like, you know, yesterday morning. She's like, what do you want to do today? I'm like, kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so let's, yeah, no, we had a nice time. We made dinner. We, we made uh, scallops and filet mignons and uh, some asparagus and some risotto. And uh, yeah. still no wine for me. I haven't had a drink since uh, I'm at, on one month today. Oh, wow. wow. Look at you. Wow. Well, congratulations. Yeah, I start Lent early and I go late. Yeah. So then I go back to being a train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Paul's going to have some news for us. Rick Amorati's here with sports. Uh, Rick, I noticed your, your jacket is a little more, uh, I want to say, uh, noticeable this evening. You were catching some <laughs> flack. Yeah. Last night, because uh, people were like, what is he dressed for court? Where is he going? They thought that I uh, borrowed clothes from Bernie Sanders, I think. They, they, they said this weren't even my suits. So I said, I better <laughs> snazz it back up and uh, look like a slick Rick that I am, you know? <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, is- what do you got on tap for uh, sports? Tonight? We got 33 NCAA Men's Division One basketball games going on. It's tournament galore as everybody gets ready for the uh, selection Sunday as all these tournaments wrap up. So we'll have that. Uh, NHL salary cap little bit of a cut we're going to report on that and i got an update on tiger woods uh, via rory, rory mcelroy all right yeah that's uh, damon's favorite golfer yeah rory mcelroy yes he is all right uh where do you want to get started well we could talk about the border or we could talk about the border or even you know what let's talk about the border hey, i wasn't sure but have you seen what's going on on the border you know what? I've heard things. Yeah, we yeah. should probably cover that. <laughs> so there's actually, the, you know what kind of got me in the mood to, to really kick things off was, you know, prepping for the show today. I'm kicking around on the Internet. And I go to the uh, one of our favorite sites, the Gateway Pundit, which always has great stuff. And right there, his big face right there for everybody to see, Ben Burkwam, right up front. Nice. Big featured story about how he went down to the border. He actually uh, uh, debuted the footage on Bannon's show earlier today on War Room. And uh, we've got that right here. And and basically, he goes down to the border. He goes right up to it. And he's doing this report pointing out how dangerous it is. And and, and as you watch this, it's only about two and a half minutes. But you'll start to understand why it's so dangerous as soon as he starts talking. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Ben's right. awesome. So, gee, let's, let's go with uh, Ben Burkwam. Actually got a guy up here in the backpack. Not sure if he's going to jump or if he's a lookout. Let's see. This guy's really thinking about it behind me. 
It keeps pacing back and forth right up there. Now that's the border wall. Yep, lookouts. There's one right down on the bottom down here behind the gas station. He's looking out too. It's a huge operation. So pause it right there. So basically for, from, from what, what's been explained is, is he's pointing out these are some of the lookouts that the cartels have set up. Wow. Because they, they need to, you know, they got to be on the lookout to make sure they can, they can move their people in and out. And uh, he, he's out there with a video. And he, he actually he's put himself in a pretty dangerous situation. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but also, I, I guess, a little frightening. Let's continue on now, G. As I was coming up, one of the uh, guys that was about to jump, got a backpack on. He's actually right up uh, just off my left shoulder, up by the monument there, bent down, sitting down. I've got scouts across the, the way over here, kind of watching what we're doing. It's a very dangerous place. Got another scout right across the side. I'm going to point, but right behind my left shoulder on the other hill over there. He's watching. Got scouts in the buildings all behind me, sitting behind the walls watching. And what they do is they say, hey, we can get you across if you don't have the money to go. Um, just take this backpack for us. And they come up here or any of the thousand points along the way. They have lookouts that are watching for them. They give them the signal when to go, and then they go. In this place, thankfully, President Trump did a double wall section here because it's so notorious for traffic. And this guy's back up, he's looking, just waiting for his chance, it's time to go. All right, it's my time to go now because this just gets really dangerous. He's right there at the top. So he's got that one place to jump, and you think, oh, it's a double wall. There's a wall on the other side, right? No, Except, look at this. This, 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 this part is amazing. Look at so this. All he has to do is jump there, run through that gate, down the mountain. He's in America. This is a battle for the future of our country. This is the front line of the battle. And Democrats, Joe Biden, and the left are aiding and abetting the enemy. Think about it. that whole wall, that whole section, that the, everything that's been put into it, and they left the gate open. Wow. They leave it open. There's nobody there manning the gate. <sighs> Obviously, it was left open on purpose, and I wonder, I wonder when they started leaving that gate open. Yeah, probably um, January 6th. Uh, uh, probably January 21st. Yeah, 21st. Um, uh, so as you can see, you know, these guys, they wait for their opportunities. And, you know, he pointed out that was that's a notorious section that he was standing at, which is why they double-walled it. But what is a double wall if you if you leave the fence open on, on the second wall? They might as well just cut a hole in that in the in the first wall, for God's yeah. sakes, and just let them walk stunning. right through. So just stunning, stunning piece of video again from our friend Ben, ben Burkwam. He's been on this show plenty of times. So you, hopefully, you guys know who he is. He's if fabulous. not, if you're seeing him for the first time, or you're seeing you know if you're being exposed to something like that for the first time, it should wake you up. It's just, it's crazy. And then the second they get over here, they have more rights than the average American does. I mean, it's what's truly amazing to me is that they have more freedom. Obviously, they have a hardship coming over, but they have they have literally more freedom than than, than we do here to a degree. You know, it's it's, it's kind of crazy. It's really, yeah. it's crazy. It's really crazy. I, I I cannot believe that they can't find any kind of common ground here to just 
All right, so you want more immigrants over? Okay, then can we find a way to get them in and naturalize them and and teach them how great America is? And right. Give them Social Security. Them? Can we just do it the right way? Is there anything we could do about that? Well, the, there's always there's already a system in place. They just don't want any of these people to wait in line like the people that come here and do it, you know, legally, and they want to come here and enjoy everything that they can from this country and and assimilate. And I think that's the biggest part is. Is the Biden administration, the Obama administration before that, you know, the, the left, the, 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 they don't they don't want assimilation. They just want you in. They want you to, to to gather in one place. They want to divide us up because they don't want it to be a melting pot anymore. For them, melting pot is no good because then you, you, you kind of coalesce as a people. And that's what they're afraid of. Yeah. They don't want people to actually find common ground and and be hey you know what you're from this descent I I do hey I enjoy you know you know I enjoy tortillas hey, let me let me show you my knockwurst and, and you know kind of exchange things and the way it used to be you know when when travelers and traders you know went off to distant lands and they were trade and such that's the way it was done yeah, and well, that was the basis of when people came here was to get in get everybody together and just say look let's make this work and take a little bit from everyone yeah my grandparents went through ellis island and my my grandpa actually got a citizenship by joining in world war one and you know it was different then obviously and it's funny my grandma was the families came over together and they were both 14 and 16 he was 16 when he right before he left for the war they they were in an arranged marriage because they were neighbors in the old country, but they were forbidden to speak Italian. My my mom and her sister, my aunt, uh, they were they wanted them to assimilate as American as possible, and they were they had to take us like a lot of um, you know courses on, on on the greatness of America when they got here. It was a different world, you know, and and as you said, with culture in their neighborhood in, in Flushing, you know, there was a lot of Irish Americans, there was right. a lot of you know Italian Americans, and there were so many. You, all you saw in my neighborhood was Italian girl meets uh, with an Irish guy or vice versa, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. It was all it was, you know? It's true. You know? And, and, it's, and it's amazing how the Irish guys talk just like the Italian guys. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. And they'll snap your neck yeah. uh, if you look and at you my you can sister. make fun of both of those races now and they don't care. Right. Well, you know, what's funny, too, because that was the same thing I experienced when, when I was growing up. I grew, you know, born in the city and, and spent the first four and a half, five years of my life in, in either the Bronx or Brooklyn. But as soon as we moved out to, you know, uh, Long Island to the farmlands, as they say. Yeah, the country, right? My right. cousins call it the country. The it was about It was about, okay, no more Spanish in the house because you wanted... Uh, my my father and and you know my mom wanted Similar. us to make sure we kept up with everyone in school, and the only way to do that is to speak the language. That was that was uh, my parents. That was my mom's world. That was exactly their world. They were forbidden to speak Italian because they wanted them to be Americans, right? And they didn't call themselves Italian Americans. They called themselves Americans. Exactly. Yep. Pretty yeah, crazy, and, man. Like how different they. And that's the whole root of the Marxists. Cool. Tenets of divide and conquer, keep people in their groups. You know, no group needs rights if every individual has rights. If every individual has the same rights, no group needs rights, essentially. But they want to put everyone in these neat little boxes and, and make sure everybody's warring. The factions are all, you know, pitting against each other because divide and conquer is the greatest way to rule a nation of lemmings. Right. No better way.
Yeah. So so that was that was you know you knew it I knew it that was our experience growing yeah. up and and you know I'm sure we're not the only ones I mean that was just a thing but that was you know that was part of that Saturday morning schoolhouse rock thing is the melting pot yeah you know you learned a lot about things like that because it's like hey you know and if some kid showed up dressed up in some weird sweater you're like oh where's this kid from and you found out he was from a different country. But guess what? He was there to become an American. He wasn't there to stay, you know, a Norwegian right. or, you know, right. Filipino. He was there to become an American. And I think that's what's lost on a lot of these people. But uh, yeah, it's a know. really good point. That is exactly what's lost because they're being forced into this, you know, America's bad. The founding fathers were evil. The Constitution is oppressive. You know, it's just a lot of, you know, it's a lot of ways to just kind of. You know, get people to come here thinking, how can I get mine and vote Democrat? Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? Uh, not exactly the way I thought we were going to start off, but I think it was, uh, I, yeah, I think Damon would be proud. Um, again, Who live cares from- what he thinks? He's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> live from Studio 6B. Again, if you're looking for us on Twitch, we're not on there tonight, but... We will be back on there tomorrow night and, of course, moving forward. Uh, thanks for watching. We're going to come back. We'll do some news with Paul coming up next. We also got later on in the hour Rick Amorati with sports. And, of course, we'll be talking more about uh, the border situation, Joe Biden. We've got some crazy towns and a bunch of stuff. So stay there. Live from Studio 6B here on Real America's Voice. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. And again, thank you for joining us on a Wednesday night. Uh, Rick Amorati is going to have sports a little bit later on. And of course, uh, we've we've got some clips. We've got some crazy towns we're going to get to. I know, G, G, you're working hard today on, on Saki, weren't you? Yeah, big thumbs up. So we'll we'll have uh, one from, from one from her. We actually have two of them, uh, and of course, Joe Biden is going to be the other one. Uh, of course, how can we not have a Joe Biden crazy town? Uh, but before that, let's go with uh, let's go over to Paul <coughs> Nolan with some news. Paul, what do you got for us today? Well, my girl, uh, Governor Christy Nome, excited about signing legislation related to gender and school sports. Huh? You know, okay. You know, my girl. She's your girl. She, well, she doesn't know yet. I love <laughs> her. my wife. I love her. <laughs> South Dakota Republican Governor Christy Nome tweeted on Monday that she was excited to place uh, her signature on a bill that was to, uh, that, would, that would approve the state uh, legislature, the bill which also pertains to the culturally contentious issue of gender and school sports. It indicates that teams and sports should be categorized by either as males or females or both, and the female-designated sport or team should not be open for uh, biological male participants, female-designated sports, no male participants. It's amazing in this day and age we need a bill for this, but, yeah. you know, uh, she said... Any athletic team or sport that is sponsored or sanctioned by a public school, uh, a school district, an association uh, meeting requirements, uh, or an institution of higher education under the control of the Board of Regents and South Dakota Board of Technical Education must be expressly designated as being a male, 
female or co-ed team uh, sport, says the legislation, which is pretty cool. I mean, I can't believe we need that in this day and age. Well, and we've had this discussion before about how unfair it is when you when you line up a, a biological male versus, you know, most biological females. There are some females. <laughs> That can excel in certain sports because of their, you know, maybe they've got that freakish uh, natural ability or athletic ability, or they've, you know, maybe in swimming where where their lung capacity, oh my goodness, is is you know something unseen. So that puts them on a different level. But those are few and far between. Most most kids, most people, most men and women, you know, fall into a certain range. Yeah. And so you want to make sure you compete against those. You don't. It's like it's like wheeling out little kiss um to take on uh, the harlem globetrotters in a basketball game you're not going to do that yeah no uh, it's 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 crazy when you look at the numbers rick as you you were a very competitive runner uh, when you look at the numbers side by side of the best women runners all through co- collegiate sports and the worst like the bottom 10 percent of men runners in in collegiate sports it's it's stunning how much faster men really are than the women and how completely bizarre and unfair it is for any man to say i identify as a woman and i want to compete in this league right i mean it's the selfishness of that is so off the chart yep. for them to deny it and take away the dreams of somebody Who's worked their life for it? Yep. I mean, talk about look. I'm like, look. We've said it since day one. You're the same page yeah. as me, and so's Damon. Right. I don't care if a monkey marries a mouse. It's none of my business. I don't care who wants to kiss who. It's none of my business. If you're happy, God bless you. I'm happy for you. That's all I want to see is everybody happy, healthy, strong. But now, well, you're going to sit here and gaslight me to the point where I have to. You want me to think I'm crazy because. You know, some guy named Fred McGillicuddy wants to cut down, you know, little Susie Wilson, who's been training her whole life. Right. But at what point is every man going to play third base, first base, and pitch and catch and take over the entire softball team for these collegiate athletes? Yeah. It's just a matter of time. Yep. What what are we doing here? Take it away. Because to me, we talked about it. I think how much more fun women's tennis (laughs) is. What happens yeah. then when now when men say, "Oh, I, 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 I think I'm Martina Navratilova," that's who I identify as. So I'm playing over here now. Right. <laughs> what, what What are we doing here? Well, what What's amazing too about that is that is that Martina Navratilova has come out on the side that we're on, Bingo. and you know she's been one of the biggest advocates. They've been trying to they've been trying to cancel her and silence her over it. Meanwhile, she's been she's been out there out front saying, "Look, this is wrong." And you know, and she was and a woman she's a who champion. was champion. She was a champion, a majors champ. She oh, won a lot of tennis matches. Tremendous. She was ahead of her time. She was kind of head and shoulders above most other women because of her her physical makeup. Kind of like the way Serena is Absolutely. above other she women because of her physical makeup. She's dominant, yeah. but she's still a woman. Right. And that's fine. You don't mind competing against that. Like, well, maybe I need to bulk up or I need to do some more lifting. Maybe. Maybe that's what you got to do if you want to compete on that level when you get to that point. Um, but the fact that Christy Noem actually, and, and you make a great point, the fact that we actually have to do this <laughs> stunning. is it's the insane, insane part. But, but <laughs> what's even more insane, back to Martina, right? She's got a wife and she's open and yeah. she's out right. and happy and incredibly cool and she's great color cop. She's been a champion for the for the gay community, yeah. and they're canceling her, yeah, because she's just not out there enough. What what are we doing? Right. Where's the common sense? 
And especially when you when you present it as as well, you know, science. Um, what are you going to say then? Because there's there there. Uh, last I checked, I mean, I've looked in in some of these medical books. It's male and female. Yeah, you know, it's X Y and 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 X X or something like that, right? I'm not a I'm not a doctor, as you can tell. Um, but until they come up with, you know, the 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 next. You know, uh, until the human race evolves into a next uh, quote-unquote gender, well, you can't just make it up. Which probably leads me to my next story. You're going to love this. Plummeting sperm counts are threatening the future of human existence. Wait, what? (laughs) Plummeting sperm counts Ah. are threatening the future of human existence, and plastic could be uh, the blame. Epidemiologist... uh, Shauna uh, Swan is obsessed with studying the link between uh, babies' genitals and, oh boy. Um, but it, it, uh, that's read that, huh? That's because <laughs> she's an epidemiologist who spent two t- uh, decades researching how our lifestyles, environment, and in which we live uh, mess up our hormones and reproductive abilities. Uh, it says that the study goes on, I'll cut it short, but the study shows that men's sperm count is down 60% from 1977 overall, which is. Interesting. I mean, uh, and they say a lot of it has to do with the pollution, the water, the chemical foods we eat, and the plastic that we that we uh, you know contain our foods in. And the right. stu- the study's pretty ex- extensive here, but I don't want to go too deep on it because I don't want to. But it really goes to the whole point. Like it, like we're gonna be a genderless society. Maybe we're gonna all look like those aliens, like in in ET, with our eyes and and, yeah. and no, you know, we're gonna look like Ken and Barbie dolls with, with no nothing reproductive really. organs yeah. in twenty. Just kind of bumps and and that's about it. Maybe Mattel plastered on our, our butt butt yeah. cheek or something. But back to uh, Christy Noem, the fact that well, the reason why she has to do something like that is because of what the Biden administration has done. You know. Yeah, well, this is the whole entire cancel culture as a whole has done. You know, this is this is part of the agenda of just blurring the lines of, of normalcy across the board. Yeah. And again, it's something that's uh, infected, infected uh, communities around the country. And unfortunately, uh, they seem to have everybody, uh, at least the media, social media, um, on their side to help promote absolutely the mouthpiece they just keep they just keep on spewing out some kind of you know validation confirmation bias that this is normal and you're abnormal if you think differently right yeah so uh, if this is uh if this is something that's affecting you i think the best thing to do is is you know contact your your uh your your representatives got to get on the local mayors your governors say look you, you see what she's doing uh, we want that, you know, almost the Harry Met yeah. Sally thing. I'll have what she's having. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, kind of kind of write that up and sign it because <laughs> exactly. we want to protect our kids. Yep. You even want to protect the, the, the boys, too, because, you know, if if a girl decides, OK, I'm going to be, be a boy and then it affects the boys team. Now, maybe, you know, there's only a certain number of slots on the boys team. Well, now they got to kick a boy off because a girl wants to join. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, I mean, there, there are, there are but different if she's ways. Better, that this but in all honesty, you. if she's better and right. she's earned the way on, I got no problem. And exactly. in all honesty, you know, that to me is okay, fine. I mean, if she's playing soccer, she's got a thunderfoot, let it go. Yeah, let it go. And uh, with that, we got to let it go. Uh, quick break. We'll be back with more. Uh, we'll be uh, touching base with, uh, I think we'll do a crazy town coming up here. G, do a little Biden maybe. And uh, we'll talk more border. We'll touch on uh, Governor Cuomo. <laughs> Number six. 
How about some comeuppance? Yeah. We'll be back. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B, Real American Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Wednesday night. Uh, sitting in, Damon is uh, going to be joining us shortly, I believe. That's what I hear. That's what the uh, the rumor mill is saying, of course. Paul Nolan is here handling news with us. Rick Amarati with sports. And uh, G and Fran in the studio. Right, fellas? Yeah, I guess we're here. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> paying attention sometimes. Uh, if you weren't paying attention today, of course, we took another step towards our own demise when the, uh, when the House passed the COVID relief bill. What are they calling this? The American Rescue Plan or some some? I think they're calling like it the, uh, the Great Pork Cook-Off. Yeah. <laughs> well that got passed today uh after the senate passed it the other day and of course here we go with uh everyone's favorite wicked witch of the west coast nancy pelosi his favorite sweetheart the yeas are 220 the nays are 211 the motion is adopted Listen, listen to these losers. Reception a motion. They don't even know what's in it. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid upon the table. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's... What the, what the what hell was that, that G? <laughs> is, is that the way you hit a gas? I thought... I don't have a gavel here, but if I had a gavel, was I'd be it, like, was it too heavy right? for her to get it up in the air? Was a was a tiny little frail bone stake? She couldn't lift it. It was like rattling around down there. Did they have to tie it to her hand because she's so loaded <laughs> on like, whiskey that she's like, yeah, there it is. That's like if a like if you had like a muppet with a stick, like the, <laughs> there it is. Oh. <laughs> I see the head bobbles, too, like the bobblehead head, but she's like, we have to pass the bell. So there you have it. Uh, uh, another step to our own demise brought to you by the uh, leader of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. Um, Passing the COVID-19, which, of course, if you've been paying attention, we've talked about it a bunch. All the garbage that's in this bill, 9%, only 9% will actually go to anything COVID relief related. We're sending billions of dollars overseas for what reason? Nobody knows. I mean, this uh, really is. This is a this is a full blown bailout of all yes. the failed policies of the Democrat, um, really progressive socialist movement. Right. I mean, ten billion for mortgage assistance. Thirty. You know, um, uh, FEMA's getting uh, fifty billion. Was uh, here thirty five billion to go to. Uh, uh, Obamacare premiums that have been default. Um, Three hundred and fifty billion is going pretty much to the blue states and local governments. It, this is uh, thirty billion to uh, so public wait, wait, transit. Wait, wait. Thirty-five billion to to Amtrak. I'm sorry, one point five billion. Why was Amtrak getting one point five billion of our money? No, well, back up to the uh, the Obamacare thing. What was that again? Yeah, Obamacare is getting. Um, was it a uh, thirty-five billion in subsidies to defray some of the, you know, uh, uh, Obama the premiums that have uh, been defaulted on? So, in other words, people that didn't pay their premiums, you got it. Um, 
Now that's going to be subsidized. Uh, basically, the government is going to pay those premiums for those people that didn't pay their premiums. Um, and who gets those premiums? I thought they stopped. Uh, look at this one: hundred million to fund the thick. Didn't they? St- didn't they stamp that one out? The health insurance so companies. Many, so many. So much. So BS. they're paying the health insurance companies thirty-five billion dollars. Wow. Because people didn't, you know, pay their bill. Oh. Um. You mentioned a few others. I, I know one of the big ones, too, is that, uh, and I mentioned it the other night, that the uh, federal workers, you know, all the unionized federal workers in D.C. will get an extra $21,000 each. And all they have to do is say, I was affected by coronavirus. It could be that you had to stay home from work because your kid was home. That's you being affected. That qualifies you to collect an extra $21,000 of our money. Wow. Isn't that great? It's, um, it's, it's... 21 grand. How'd they come yeah. up with that number? Oh, well, it's, they're bureaucrats. They just keep paying their own people. Wow. They keep taking care of their own. I say we, well, Damon's not here. Why don't we vote a raise for ourselves right now? <laughs> All in favor say yay. <laughs> now, now another week. thing, another what thing you, you mentioned, wait, what too. What did say? I said I try that every week. It never works. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing you mentioned too that was in there is the bailouts for the uh, for the big cities, uh, for the, the democratic states that are basically underwater. I mentioned it. I, I think a, a few weeks back, New York State before the before coronavirus hit, Cuomo had already gotten New York State into trouble. They were they were nine billion in the hole. I believe now it's closer to eighteen billion in the hole. Um, so that's all going to be wiped out thanks to you. Because this guy can't do math. He can't figure out what he should be buying and, and, and actually supporting for the state of New York. And he ain't the only one. You got Illinois, who is, is going belly up because of their uh, unfunded liabilities from the unions. You've got California, which is it's like a dead zone. When it comes to when it comes to to uh, trying to try, trying to turn a profit, they can't do it. Um, With all that beautiful real estate, they can't turn a profit in California. Yeah. Think about how crazy that is. That is nuts. And is that and that's because the Democratic government doesn't know how to function as as an entity that actually does good work for the people. Um, all they do is is waste money and take care of themselves. What Think else? about it. No. I mean, it's just amazing. So that's just some of the pork that is in there. And again, I gotta see. I gotta see that hand because I I want to say it's just she's she's suffering. Maybe maybe she's maybe because she's in the chamber, she didn't have her little. Uh, Let me ask you her a little flask with her. I so want to ask the social media audience. I gotta ask this question. You have to put your money up. It's a game of Jenga between Biden and Pelosi. Who wins? How long does? <laughs> how many moves before that that thing comes tumbling down? That's a good one. Like those, those two, like the crap. I'm curious. So please, is it eight moves? Good Jenga game could go for a little while. It's yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. With those two, how long would it last? Probably two moves. Two moves. <laughs> two moves. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> two moves. That's, uh, All right. That's about it. All right. Speaking of uh, speaking of Biden, you brought him up. Let's uh, let's do a crazy town here, G, with uh, Mr. Joe Biden. Cut number 22. I guess this is, uh, well, you'll see it. He was visiting Johnson & Johnson today. Getting, uh, money. 
to produce vaccine substitutes and accelerate uh, what they call to, to take it to full finish. Your companies have been working closely with a man you've both privately and way over uh, bragged about. Today, I'm directing Jeff and my HHS team. I was telling the gentleman we were Jeff. at a facility <laughs> yesterday, a veterans out, uh, outreach. You don't know what he's looking and, at. Uh, um, there were four or there were three members of the veterans community getting shots. And as the nurse put it in his arm, he went, J and J. Just one. <laughs> well, there's millions of people who are going to feel that way and be proud to have, be in a position that they're in ability to get the kind of help you need. <laughs> and that's because this is the population that represents 80% of the, of the COVID-19 deaths. We've opened us, we've opened support. Where's my car? And opened, excuse Can't me, and supported more than 500 community vaccination sites. That's more... And, and, and they're administering hundreds of thousands of shots a day. What the? Now that we could have put that in the is this English category. Uh, yeah. So there you have it. The leader of the free world. Yeah. He got 80 million votes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You want more proof that he got 80 million votes, Paul? Because uh, yeah, I would love more proof. Of that. Yesterday yeah. he was. Uh, and I think, G, you still have this clip of Joe Biden in the, um, I think it was a uh, hardware store or something like that, right? Oh, yeah. There he is. Look at this. Look at that. Can you turn up the volume or no? People are yelling questions. Come on, friends. We're going to move out. Let's go, friends. Come on, friends. Let's go. Come on, friends. Let's go. Come on, friends. Let's go. 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 let us go but that was uh, that was. <laughs> what was going on there? He, he was he went, lost? No, he went to uh, he went to some hardware store. Was, look, yeah. was he, did, did he lose his wife in the? <laughs> yeah, they're they're calling the for his wife over the intercom. He's looking for his loose screw. Came right out of it. He's the, the, we have a lost old senior here. Yeah. Somebody claim him. <laughs> Silver alert. <laughs> Silver <laughs> alert. Right. <laughs> find him over in the lost. Wait a sec. What was? I need to see that. What yeah, was show, he doing there? Were again. people scolding him? No. The, actually, that was reporters yelling out questions, and then that the uh, his handlers thing. were yelling at them to to move along. You hear some of the questions, and he's just like, huh? With his uh, Silence of the Lambs mask on. Oh, my God. He almost seems like he's overwhelmed. There's too much stimulation. Yeah. Really right? what it looks like. It looks like he's completely on, on that sensory overload. Yeah. I mean, he looks so tiny compared to what he used to look like. I mean, he looks so slight in his frame. His skin looks so paper thin and pasted onto his brittle face. <laughs> he did his 41st Q&A uh, today, if you're interested in seeing that. Oh, oh I thought, yeah. yeah I, I thought that was, no, that was yesterday. That was number 41. Today was, today he did another one, right? Oh, yeah, I guess 42. So this would be 42 that happened Wait, today. so they're calling that 40? That's terrific. Yeah, that's, that's what they call Q&As now. Yeah, that's good. That's, like, when Trump did them, that's, that's what they were like. <laughs> Remember, they would laugh. He what, was like on the stand. 20 like seconds. He, he had like 23 lawyers hammer away at him. Like, you know, go ahead. Let's roll. Yeah, let's roll that. Thank you. 
Mr. President, what do you plan to do with the surplus? What will you do with the surplus? Mr. President, what will you do at press conference? The surplus will, if we have a surplus, we're going to share it with the rest of the world. We've already decided we're going to work with the outfit COVAX. We've committed $4 billion to help get the funding for more vaccines around the world. This is not something that can be stopped by a fence, no matter how high you build a fence or a wall. Now listen to so this. So we're not going to be ultimately safe until the world is safe. And so we're going to start off making sure Americans are taken care of first, but we're then going to try to help the rest of the world. Thank you. Is there a crisis at the border, sir? And he's gone. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. He's out the door and, and they whisk him away because they don't want him. To, that was, uh, I guess that was press conference number 42. Answering questions, doing a presser, you know, a little Q and A back and wow. forth. You remember the Democrats were crying and, and, and moaning that, that Trump would be at the podium for an hour and a half taking questions every day, taking the grilling every day. Yep. The most transparent government we've ever seen because the guy had no filter. Right. Like he was always ripping at these press conferences like he was uh, at a board meeting. just asking <laughs> everyone to you know, throw everything, throw right. all the ideas you have yeah. against the wall. and We'll sort it out. We'll figure it out as a group. The more I heads on that. it, the better. I so miss that. I really do. I miss I miss the president up there every day going crazy, grilling. He was great. Like you said, Paul, the most transparent government ever. Right. Which yeah. is, you know, which is unbelievable we're seeing now. I mean, we're oh. just we're seeing a, a, a carted out like weekend at Bernie's puppet just put out there. And he's he, he's got limited information and his handlers are, are telling him, you know, don't answer that. Yeah. Like they're lawyering him up. Right, exactly. And let's let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's got to refer to who's 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 in charge. Can I take questions there, Nance? I don't know if he can. Anyhow, all right. We'll do a little bit more with Joe Biden. We'll show you his motorcade. Oh, my God, you've got to see the crowd. It was insane. Uh, more Sports Next with Rick Amorati. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. Ah! <laughs> It's a Wednesday night, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Uh, we'll do sports in just a moment. But i uh, got to remind you, if, if you're looking for us on Twitch, we will be back on tomorrow night. We're just off for tonight. Don't worry, we'll be back there. Then you can send us little notes and tell us how terrible we are. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to still do that, you can do that on the America, America's Voice.news, Real America's Voice.news app. Or you can go to the website and join the chat there, the Real America's Voice chat. People are uh, people are chatting away. I guess they're uh, they're understanding what we we understand when we when we see those clips of Joe Biden. Um, Phil Burnett says, if Joe Biden's brains were dynamite, there wouldn't be enough to blow his head off. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he couldn't you do blow want, his nose. Yeah. If you do want to chime in and uh, join us there, you can you can. Uh, do that as well. I know uh, Slick Rick is checking it, and uh, and I'll be checking it as well too. And of course, speaking of Slick Rick, take it away. All right, Rick. Well, we got a lot. Our audience is fabulous. I mean, between the Twitch and then on America's Voice Online, they're just incredible. Whoa, uh, whoa, the, whoa! Don't forget my boys over in Discord. They're, right, Paul's got his he's got his crew back in Discord too, and, and the Gab uh, crew. 
We, we love him. And, and most of it's constructive criticism. Some of it is just absolutely hysterical. So keep it up, guys. I'm we love glad you. we're not on Twitch. There's one guy over there who hates me. He's like, <laughs> he's like the meanest guy in the world. I know. There's always somebody, Paul. You know that. Well, that anyway. was Damon. <laughs> that's, that's, could that's it could have been Damon. You're right. <laughs> Damon was modding me. I couldn't get You know, it wouldn't let me chime in on the Twitch uh, conversation. Yeah, is the handle Ogre? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Moving over to the NCAA basketball, gentlemen. 33 games in action, and I promise we're not going to get to all 33 games. Otherwise, people will be going for snack and bathroom breaks during this segment. But uh, which is a couple of scores that went final. Uh, Northern Colorado over Sacramento State, 90-83. Bodie Hume for uh, Northern Colorado with 30 points. Good game. Syracuse over NC State. Buddy Boheim, the coach's son, with 27 points. They won 89-68 to earlier today. And uh, Northern Arizona over Portland State. 77-66. Luke Adavolk with 26 points. Wyoming 111-80 to 80 over San Jose State. And that's Graham Ike with 32 points for the Cowboys. Miami of Florida over Clemson 67-64. Isaiah Wong for Miami with 20 points. And we also had uh, Jackson State over Arkansas Pine Bluff 74-62. Tristan Jarrett with 24. Jackson State. Georgetown over Marquette. Another one, 68-49. Uh, Javon Blair with 20 points for Georgetown. And um, the Arizona State, the Sun Devils over Washington State, 64-59. Alonzo Verge Jr. with 26 points in that one. UNLV, the running Rebels running down the court, 80-52 to over Air Force. David Jenkins Jr., 21 for the Rebs. And Iona over Siena, bit of an upset there. Number nine, Iona in the MAC tournament over Siena, who's number one. Uh, 55-52, Asante just with 16 points. Uh, we'll get and, to a couple and, other scores later in the uh, in the segment. And Rick, you know who their coach is, right? Who, Iona? Yeah. Uh, Rulin? No. no. Jeff, who? Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino is their coach, yeah. yeah. Rulin was their coach years so ago. So look at that. He, he might end up back in the tournament again. He just may get an invite. We'll see on Sunday. Good point. If he wins that it's tournament, amazing, he's definitely going to get it. It's amazing. Amazing he's at Iona. I forgot about that. That's, yeah. I did, too. Boy, what a career he's had. Now he's at Iona. Yeah, he's, he's well, incredible. Uh, let's face it. He, he had to leave uh, the last place because uh, <laughs> it, yeah. it didn't exactly leave on, on a good note. Scandal so there. the fact that he's coaching it all uh, on the Division One level, I think, is a, uh, yeah. you know. And Iona's had, had a good history. They've had some good years. Jeff Rulin used to coach them years ago from the Sixers. Uh, and uh, NHL action, back to the ice. Oilers 4-0 over the Senators in the second. And the Golden Knights and Wild are tied 1-1. Just two games in action right now. A couple other games at the 10 o'clock hour. NBA back in action after Sunday's All-Star game. Right now the Grizzlies leading the Wizards 43-35 in the second. And the Spurs and Mavericks just underway. Spurs up by two in the first quarter. And speaking of NCAA basketball, Gonzaga Bulldogs men's basketball carries quest for an undefeated season. Uh, this is from Myron Medcalf of ESPN. It seems as if the dream of a perfect season might end for the Gonzaga men's basketball team in the West Coast Conference Tournament last night. We were talking about it. Remember what Big yeah. D said, Rick? He goes, yeah. Yeah, don't count them out too soon. They, well, they were, to they come were down 12 at halftime. They were down 12 at halftime. That's correct. But they, however, they came back with a spotless uh, second half, and uh, they kept their record perfect. 88-78 win over BYU. But BYU gave them a little bit of a scare going into that second half. Uh, Gonzaga is 26-0, will now enter the NCAA Tournament with an opportunity to match college basketball's last perfect season achieved by Indiana 
Ready for this one? During the 1975-76 campaign. That's how long it's been since somebody's gone in undefeated. Was Gonzaga, that Bobby Knight? What's that, Bobby? No, that was probably before Bobby Knight's time, I would think. My, 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 very early in his career. I mean, that, that's, you're talking 45 years ago. Yeah. Gonzaga is the fifth team to en- enter the NCAA tournament with an undefeated record, joining Indiana State in 1979, UNLV in 91, Wichita State in 2014, and good old Kentucky in 2015. Since Indiana's perfect season 45 years ago, none of those squads that followed Indiana claimed the title. So we got selection Sunday. Uh, uh, that'll be at 6 p.m. on Channel 2, uh, CBS, for Channel 2 for New York, and uh, you'll be able to tune in March Madness tips off next Thursday, a week from tomorrow night, the 18th, with the first four. So we're looking forward to that. Those games will be played in um, in the Indianapolis. And Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods doing better, could return home next week. This is by Aaron Walsh of Yard Barker, which is my favorite sports website. Uh, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods are very good friends, so it's no surprise that the latest update on Woods' condition comes from McIlroy himself. Woods is currently rehabbing rehabbing at Cedars Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. During an appearance on The Tonight Show, good old Jimmy Fallon, uh, McIlroy provided a positive update on Woods and indicated that he might be headed home very soon. He's doing better, Roy told Fallon, according to TMZ Sports. Hopefully, if things go well over the next week or so, he might be able to get home and start recovery at home. Woods has not spoken publicly since the accident. However, a statement released on his Twitter account said he was in good spirits. We must not, we have not heard from Woods' team of doctors, and it's unclear how long this 45-year-old will be in recovery or if he'll ever be able to play professional golf again. However, according to a doctor and injury analyst for Fox Sports, Woods is expected to be rehabilitating for 8 to 12 months wow unbelievable so that was uh fairly significant injuries he suffered yeah that really and, and it's odd because normally wow. you know uh, with with an athlete of his stature or anybody of, the, of that stature they would themselves usually do a, a press release so he may be pretty banged up where he's just like i don't, I don't you know doesn't even want to get in front of a camera and talk about anything because Maybe he's, he's really a, a little worse off than we think. Yeah, he could very well be. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. They're not going to be able to make any determination for at least six months that he's going to be able to play golf again. You won't hear anything until the latter part of the year. Uh, just one more, Rick. Uh, yeah. NFL sets 2021 salary cap at $182.5 million, down 8% from the previous year. This is from Kevin Sievert of ESPN. The NFL and NFL Players Association agreed earlier today to a salary cap of $182.5 million per team for 2021, a long-anticipated 8% decrease from last season. The league informed teams of the official cap number this morning in a memo, which was obtained by ESPN. The drop-off will force teams to make difficult cuts and roster decisions in the coming weeks. Um, they have to get down to that cap number by next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Uh, Vikings already released tackle Riley Reef, saving $11 million. Giants guard uh, Kevin Zeitler, $10 million. And uh, Titans uh, safety Kenny Vaccaro, $4 million. You're going to see a lot of guys, you know, coming off the cap. I tell you, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys, he ought to thank his stars, no pun intended, yeah. because he just got under the wire to get that money. Yeah, Unbelievable. It's going to hurt football. Which is something I think we talked about last year, you know, because they shut down all these sports and all these guys, you know, all all the players are like, oh, you know, uh, they still want they still want to get paid. Yeah, top dollars still. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, you know, and they're the same ones who are lecturing us at all times about how we should give our money to this charity and that. I mean, 40 million a year. Right. For Dak Prescott. 
Man. He hasn't I mean, won anything. Let me ask you a question. If Joe Montana was up as a free agent right now, what would we do? Walk into the owner's office, throw his feet up on the desk and say, hey, you doing, partner? <laughs> Comparatively <laughs> speaking, Montana would have commanded $60 million for the way he played in Super Bowls. He won. Dak Prescott won one playoff game. Well, think about this. Tom Brady renegotiates his contract all the time and takes pay cuts yep. and so keeps it, winning. Yeah. That's our number one. Hour number two coming up. We got more on the border. We'll do a little uh, Governor Cuomo. And I got to show you that motorcade. Man, the crowd was crazy for <laughs> Joe Biden. I sense sarcasm. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B. Real America's Voice. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday night. Hour number two. Hour number one is in the books. If you missed it, too bad. Download it later. (laughs) (laughs) Or download the the, uh, podcast. You can listen to it in your car and your way to work tomorrow if you want. Um, And of course, you know, we'll do our best to uh, entertain you this next hour. We've got more stuff uh, I did want to hit on Governor Cuomo, and we are going to talk whoa, whoa, more whoa. about did the border. Did you say you wanted to hit on Governor Cuomo? Nah, oh, not that yeah. way. I don't oh, want, okay. I don't want to I put my hands. Say. Yeah, I don't want to put my hands in his blouse or anything. Hey, I want to see you eat that sausage. Right. Gosh. Eat the sausage. <laughs> eat the sausage. Um, no but hands. first, eat the sausage with no hands. <laughs> but first, <laughs> I wanted to uh, because I had teased this. And Paul is really looking forward to it. Yes, I am. Um, because I'll... we so believe that Joe Biden got 80 million votes. He just, he got more votes than the first woman who ever was actually the the party's nomination for president. Even more than uh, the great Obama. Yes, both times. The great uniter. Yes, who, who broke barriers beyond belief. Um, but this guy... Joe Biden, and here's the proof, because when you see, and remember, we saw we saw a motorcade a couple weeks ago. President Trump went out golfing. He was coming home, and there was a, a line of cars. There were police everywhere. People waving flags, waving at him. He's waving to them, and it's like, ah, oh, it's pretty nice for the former president, right? So the current president, he must be killing it when he gets out there, because you know, be. eighty million. They got to be chomping at the bit. 80 million people. 80 million. So okay. how do they handle this with all the National Guard all protecting the Capitol? You Where would, they find the manpower to protect them? You would think they're going to need to, uh, you know, double and triple up that number. Well, let's see it. But uh, so anyhow, they, uh, they, just, they decided, you know what, let's take Joe out for a, for a, for a little uh, visit. And this is, this is actually before he got, remember we played that, that video earlier of him in the hardware store. This was him on the way to the hardware store. Check this out. Look at this. There's two. There's a fan right there with the short shorts. There's two two more. With no one near him. Two more on the left, but they're not even paying attention, so I think they're just walking, so they don't count. That guy's jaywalking. Yeah. 
there's their car. This one lady who's happy. I'm, I count more Secret Service guys than I do uh, Joe Biden what fans. Yeah. That's incredible. There are more SUVs than people lined up to see Joe Biden. Wow. The throngs. Look at this. And there's that guy with his mask all alone. Wow. 80 million. 80 million votes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nobody. There's nobody there. There's, there's more... There was more people in smoking butts in front of that pub just down the road over there. <laughs> all they needed was two crossing guards. That's all they needed. <laughs> they didn't even need that. Yeah. <laughs> they needed one St. Bernard in heat. Unbelievable. So there you have it. Proof positive that Joe Biden got 80 million votes because, of course, you know, as soon as they said, hey, he's going out to, uh, you know, visit, visit a local, local establishment, people came out in droves, didn't they? <laughs> Bored. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, G, we're going to talk about the border here, and, and we've got some stuff that's pretty interesting because, let's face it, when it comes to the border, that, that se- and, and I was thinking about this too. I'm like, why are we talking about the border so much? Is it because it's an actual problem? Yes, it's an actual problem. I think we've seen the video. We played the Ben Burkwam earlier. Um, but also, is it, is, it, is it a manufactured problem that they're purposely doing, which, of course, you know, again, they're purposely doing it. This is their policy. Hey, let's just, whatever, just come on in. What do we care? Everybody's, everybody's home. Hey, you're home. Just come on in. Is it meant to distract us from other things that they're doing? Well, it's usually the, uh, usually the case. Right? I, I mean. Set up a little distraction and a diversion and watch the real scams go on the, you know, over there, the sleight of hand. Exactly. Is, is, is the border crisis there to kind of shield the American people from maybe, you know, paying too close attention to the uh, COVID-19 uh, bill that just passed? Is it, again, to shield us or shield the population from knowing what's in this H.R. 1? that we discussed last night about how it's going to basically cement all these insane voting policies around the country because they want to federalize the elections. Yeah, of course. They want complete supreme power. So... God forbid states forced other states to compete with one another. So it it was just something I thought of. I I didn't want to go off too much of a tangent on it, so I did. Um, (laughs) But in terms of talking about the border, uh, here's uh, Steve Ducey, who uh, had a couple questions. I had one question in particular for Jen Psaki earlier today uh, about the border, the kids, and schools. G, play that. And you mentioned those CDC guidelines. Does the White House think it's a problem that when the CDC tells these migrant shelter facilities that they can be at full capacity if they are careful about COVID, many of them do, but when the CDC tells schools that they can open in person at full capacity, many of them don't. Is there a school in particular that you have as an example that didn't do that? How about every school? Are most schools in this country 
at full capacity with in-person yeah, learning. PS1 uh, are, is there a specific school, though, that is not following the CDC guidelines of, of implementing the mitigation steps so they can reopen? I mean, the CDC is saying schools, you can be at, at every school can be at full capacity. With the, the, know, CDC the CDC guidelines, just to be clear, because I think this is very important to be very clear and specific yeah, on, they, they gave eight lie. mitigation steps that schools can take to safely reopen. A number of schools have actually recently reopened. Schools in uh, Washington, D.C., some have. Schools in many districts across the country. But each school district needs to make the decision about whether they are able to take those mitigation steps. The president has also been clear. Some of these school districts need additional funding. They're there's $160 billion in this package that he's going to sign into law later this week. The Secretary of Education will be quite focused on working with school districts to help them reopen. But more school districts are reopening. More kids are in classrooms every single day. But since they are not all back from an administration position or from your perspective, have the Border Patrol unions and the HHS unions been easier to work with than the teachers' unions? I, I think that's a, a little bit of mixing different circumstances. Uh, I would say that uh, it's, it's children all in tight quarters. Yeah. Uh, Same situation. I, I mean, a classroom. Uh, Answer. Not quite. It's not, funny. Uh, uh, not quite. I, I would say that, like that. Let, let's fun. let's take a responsible approach to the two issues. Okay. One is schools reopening. There's been eight mitigation steps that have been announced by the CDC to implement. Right. Yeah. Every school district is going to work to implement those on a timeline that is uh, they can effectively do. Many school districts are reopening, right? Many are reopening every single week and day and week, right? That is a different circumstance than what we are seeing at the border. And the HHS oversees the, these facilities, right? They're working with, uh, they're working on ensuring we can have more kids safely. They are working to implement CDC guidelines, but. They are different circumstances, and certainly we're working with the school districts, and we're also working with HHS to open these facilities or to ensure that kids are treated uh, with safety and care in these facilities. And there you have it. Somewhat of an answer, but basically pointing out right there at the end, she actually reveals yeah. um, it's a different circumstance. Yeah. So that means uh, we don't have to, we don't care what they do. As long as they get as many kids stuffed in there, we don't care. Yeah. We they know what the guidelines are, but we're not going to follow up with them. We're not going to we're not going to hold them to it. Um, as long as they get them in there. But when it comes to the schools, don't you dare, especially if you're a school district, don't you dare not follow all these CDC guidelines, which are not laws. They're just edicts handed down by non-elected officials. Um, which most of them don't even make any sense because there's no science behind the six-foot uh, uh, social distancing. There's no science behind the masks. We've already seen that. I mean, I got a story about the masks. This is great. This is from the CDC, a and this is amazing because even the CDC says, well, um, masks don't work. Oh, they work up to 2% of the time. 2%. Which means they don't work. Which means they don't work. Wow. Just like my computer right now, or else I'd pull up that story and read it. For you. <laughs> <laughs> I got it plugged in. It's um, crazy. There's so many studies that show these masks don't work. Look, how many times have you seen it? Had two. Oh, let me fix my mask. Okay, let me go back to my work. Right. They touch their mask, or they cough on their mask. They spray all over their mask, and they put it on their hands, and then right. they touch something. Like it doesn't make sense. 
It's not. A, it's just crazy. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. And and do those people end up getting sick? Well, we did the numbers. The study yeah. said the people who almost never wear masks versus the people who almost always wear masks. The people who almost always wear a mask were like what four times more likely to get yes. the virus than the people who won't wear a mask, like me and Rick. Right. Yeah, I, I won't wear a mask unless I have to go to a store and it yeah. says they, they would like it to wear it. Okay, I'll wear it. Me too. Um, but other than that, you're not going to find me with a mask. It's as simple as that, unless it's Halloween. And honestly, I, I use a bandana because you can breathe through it. It's light. It's paper thin. And people don't say nothing about it. They're just happy that you're uh, you know, a good sheep like they are. Right. Now, now I found this article. It was uh, from two days ago. Uh, and it's on the uh, it's actually on the WebMD website, but it's a CDC. It's a CDC report. And it says that uh, as more states drop the COVID-19 restrictions, the CDC issued a report Friday saying coronavirus counts went down when states mandated face masks, that coronavirus-related deaths went up in places when indoor dining resumed. But now they say that, but do they offer up any evidence? No, they don't. Um, What they do say, and I want to find that place because it's an amazing thing that they state that... Basically, where it, it affected the account up to 2%. When states and loca- localities lifted restrictions on in-person restaurant dining, they experienced a 1.1% increase. 1.1%, that's nothing. Um, blah, blah, blah. Would you like me to like rant over here while you find this? I sure. Mean, all right, so you know what grinds <laughs> my gears? Not one kid. I just figured I'd try to help you buy some time over there. Um well, nope. here it is. The CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report said that mass mandates adopted last year were linked to almost a 2% drop in new COVID cases within 100, de- 100 days of adoption. 2%. That means 98% of the time, it did nothing. It's like Sex Panther. Yeah. Of course, 98% of the time, 60% of the time. Right. So there you have it. Basically, masks don't work. The CDC is admitting it, but they hide it in the report and they write it in such a way that, well, it seems effective, but it's really not when you actually understand what the heck you're reading. So there you have it. And plus, oh, by the way, it says it on the box. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This will not prevent coronavirus. Exactly. All right. Uh, I wanted to do some more, Joe. Ah, we'll, we'll do that coming up. We got a, another crazy town with Jen Pisaki coming up in just a little bit. News with Paul and, of course, more sports later on in the hour with Rick Amorati. Back with more live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. on Real America's Voice. I, I, I want to do my Nancy Pelosi here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She is, she is a train wreck. I know. She was going through withdrawals. I bet I bet's because she, she, the, the alcohol level in her, in her bloodstream kind of dropped below a certain point. She starts going through the shakes. So, 
That was fun. Uh, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, uh, Rick Emirati's got sports. We'll be doing that in a little bit. But right now, let's go to Paul Nolan. He's got some more news. What do you got for us, Paul? Let's go to just a couple quick hitters here. More than 92,000 Clark County, Nevada mail ballots returned undeliverable in the general election. Um, the the uh, Public Interest Legal Foundation says that tens of thousands of mail ballots in, in Clark County, Nevada would the the return to undeliverable to incorrect or outdated addresses, according to the 2020 general election. Um, the Clark 2020 general election data showed that 92,367 mail ballots were returned undeliverable or wrong addresses, according to uh, the PILF, which is, uh, you know, studies this. Just more nonsense that we're going to have to look at. And uh, I just figured I'd just give you a quick hit that how this mail-in voting is going to be a disaster going forward that most of us know. Oh yeah, we're, we're we've all known about it. And we're we're getting to see it, you know, live and in person. And it's, it's just it's, be amazing that the news won't cover it. Five people charged with voter fraud in Illinois, according to the DA's office. Five people being accused of various election fraud-related cases during the November third, twenty twenty election. Um, the state's attorney's office uh, said that the, the charges charges stem from investigations into thirty-two cases of alleged election fraud adding that most cases have been closed without investigation. <laughs> However, the office stressed that several remain under investigation, according to the March uh, 9th news release. So just figured I would touch on a few of these little things, and I guess I'll touch on the Dow closed at a record high on Wednesday, um, which, honestly, everyone be careful out there, because just because it closed at 32297 after gaining 464 points, you know, it came on the heels of the 1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package, you know, which just means there's going to be a fake pump of liquidity, valueless liquidity into the market. These are just numbers. So if you are in the market, start doing some homework on an exit strategy, in my opinion. So, uh, or, or alternate ways to invest to protect your wealth. Just anything you know? to protect yourself down the stretch because. We have an insolvent uh, dollar on the way. Because uh, I was watching, uh, I was watching uh, Fox Business today, and one of the and I forgot the woman's name because I'd never heard it before, and it was just kind of passing real quick. But a uh, uh, fund manager, and she's very hot right now. And again, I forget her name, and I apologize. Um, because the recommended rule is 60-40. Stocks, 60. Bonds, 40. For protection, especially as you get older, right? That's what that's what uh, most managers, uh, you know, tell their clients. She is, uh, I guess, one of the first ones to say, you know what? That rule is uh, no longer something you want to be involved in because you're really not doing much with your money. It's going to sit there. It's not really going to make much. There's nothing coming in on bonds. Yeah. And interest rates are, are, are dead. Yeah. So her recommendation was, you know, instead of 40% of the bonds, 20% of the bonds, 20% into cryptocurrency. What? Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's uh, Bitcoin right now is the apex predator of financial institutions. I mean, yep. And once, once there's global adoption that this has value, it has value. Because just look no further than the dollar in your pocket. It's backed by nothing. It's just, it's backed by nothing. So it's the equivalent of, like, you know, we say on here all the time, you have ice cubes in a bucket in a garage on a summer day, just losing power, losing strength, shrinking. Yeah. And uh, Bitcoin right now is at 56,000. 
which is obviously so, hard to get in. It's it's hard to buy, but like you know, if you, you it's know, running. It's, you know, we, it should run a little further, and then there'll be a big reset. And this, these bull markets in cryptocurrency in their history have been every three and a half to four years. So we're probably coming close to the end of this bull run. So, but uh, just start doing your homework on it. Try to find, you know, and an, you know, an entrance strategy, and and hold on to the as long as it's savings. <laughs> Just yeah. hold on for dear life. H O D L, hodl. <laughs> so um, I just and I love this one. If I, I know you covered it last night, but move over Cuomo. I love the t- I love the title. Move over Cuomo. Democratic officials uh, facing heat for hurting COVID patients into nursing homes, and multiple Democratic officials are facing increased political pressure due to policies that directed nursing homes to take COVID-positive patients, rules that critics claim drove up the rate of deaths among vulnerable populations in care facilities. Chief among those politicians is, is Andrew Cuomo, who is under fire for not only uh, imposing such policy on New York State last year, but for his administration's subsequent cover-up of the true numbers of COVID deaths among the elderly in New York. Listed at just under 9,000 at the end of January, a full accounting of the state's care facility death toll since he uh, has brought up uh, is up to 15,000 wow. deaths. Now feeling the heat of a similar policy is Democratic governor, um, really, honestly, Damon's favorite gal, Gretchen <laughs> Whitmer. Um, uh, she also directed nursing homes to accommodate patients who were infected with COVID-19. Um, the state policy uh, said that nursing home residents with COVID-19 that required hospitalization, hospitalization can be and should be discharged back to the facility of residents once they are clinically stable, regardless of whether COVID-19 testing is still positive or not. I mean, how are these these people aren't fit to run a Burger King? Yeah. And they're in charge of the of the masses, the multitude. Good God. Yeah. Good God. I, I, help us all. So you've got that from, uh, you know, of course, leading off with Governor Cuomo into Governor Whitmer and, and the other. And I, uh, from what I understand, Phil Murphy out of New Jersey is yeah. now under investigation as right. well. They're starting to look into him. But there's also another edict, another tyrannical rule that the governor of New York and probably the other ones did it as well. Um, threw down that most people didn't notice. And this one, I, uh, from what I believe, happened in April. And it says here, according to this report, the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo's administration ordered homes for people with developmental disabilities to accept coronavirus patients. And never rescinded the order. This order came down April 10th of last year, mirrored the Cuomo administration's controversial order to nursing homes. Also told homes with people with developmental disabilities that they could not require hospitalized residents to be tested for coronavirus prior to admission or readmission. uh, 552 residents at homes for people with developmental disabilities have died of coronavirus. Um, And a lot of people are pointing to this, you know, this order, this directive that was given by Governor Cuomo. And again, it makes you, it makes you, it's a head scratcher. It's like, what is this guy thinking? And then I started, and again, here I go down this rabbit hole, but see if you follow me. You'll follow me, Paul. How about you, Rick? I'm with you. All right, follow me here. Now, you know who Zeke Emanuel is, right? Of course. Yeah. Rahm Emanuel's evil brother. Exactly. He's also a doctor. Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He's part of Biden's team now. 
Uh, he is on record, and he's of the belief that anyone over the age of 75 is useless and shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't have to stay alive. I've read that. Yes. Uh, that's out there. I'm, I'm not making it up. You, you do a uh, internet search, you'll find it. So that got me thinking. It's like, well, this is this this is this that way of getting getting to that way of getting these people who are a burden basically to the state, getting them off that Dolph. role of being yeah, getting them off the role of of the state having to take care of them. I mean, think about these orders where they were directed to people that are. Um, you know, they've, they've got challenges. They, oh, there's weaknesses. <laughs> no, no. So are you, are you suggesting <laughs> that these evil in states that have absolutely no money to cover their bills um, We're put looking these for burdens onto the death march just so they wouldn't have to cover their, their, their Social Security and their medical bills? Uh, could be, Rabbit. Could be. Maybe. I think you're on to something. <laughs> All right. We got to take a quick break. Um, yeah. So I just thought I'd throw that out there because now it's making me look at other things that they've done to kind of cull the. Uh, stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> cull the roll, so to speak. Uh, we'll be back with more live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. No clicking. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for watching on a Wednesday night. Rick Amorati is going to have sports in the next segment. In the meantime, we've got uh, some stuff we still have to get to, some great stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, Paul Nolan is here, and Paul says he's ready for news. Paul, what do you got? This is kind of strange. Um, According to uh, Just the News, troops guarding the Capitol include cooks and mechanics carrying old weapons Undertrained soldiers whose primary mission include cooking and supply are now standing around ammo-less for some show of force, said retiree uh, Army Major John Wagner. Um, it says here that the approximately 5,000 National Guard troops remain in Washington, D.C. in the aftermath of the January 6th breach of the Capitol, where local officials sought help from the National Guard that mobilized troops from around the country and belong to units that have uh, been placed under federal control. The National Bureau, uh, Guard Bureau, uh, which administers the operations of the individual state guards, did not respond to a request of information on the type of troops that have been m- mobilized to, uh, to social media from the D.C. Guard. However, uh, show that some soldiers, uh, military police or infantry, a large number are non-police and non-combat troops. Photographs show that the troops are now guarding the Capitol include cooks, truck drivers from Illinois, water purification specialists, mechanics from California, petroleum supply specialists from Michigan, and carpenters from from Georgia. The soldiers are depicted carrying older, unloaded M16 rifles. Amazing. What are we paying them to do this? Well, you know what? And, and it's not their fault. I mean, they, they signed up. They, they're, they're serving the country, right? As, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm not blaming them, but it's good work if you can get it. What is it? What do they pay you for that? But in terms of, I have no idea. It's just um, more waste. But, but in terms of, you know, being being deployed there to protect the uh, the fence, 
from being rushed by I don't know who because nobody's nobody's doing anything. They're all standing around all day. Sure. Um, isn't it amazing how they're able and they just approved the uh, National Guard to stand to stand guard up until I think it's May 26th now. They extended it. What does that cost per day? Not only what does it cost, but why? I mean, what are they trying to what are they trying to prove? Because there is no nobody's coming. (laughs) They they're trying. It's almost like they're trying. They're inviting you to 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 come. Please come at us so we have a reason to be to to have them here. Um, But I think you're seeing from D.C. the the bureaucrats. They just they want to be surrounded. I think they're afraid of the people. Because the people are starting to see what the heck is going on. They're seeing, you know, the, this COVID bill relief where they're getting uh, 12 1400 bucks. But, uh, you know, let's face it, Iran's getting billions of dollars. Iran. Um, countries around the world are taking, taking home billions of dollars, and only 9% is going to the American people. They're seeing the, the border being overrun and and we're seeing levels that have never been seen before um but they continue to just say well it's a challenge but it's not a crisis and what we're seeing is is the are these troops just standing around all day and and you make a great point because a lot of these guys you know they sign up they're supposed to go you know a weekend every month or something like that because they're in the national guard but now they've been deployed and now they're stuck there uh doing you know we bless them. Thank you for doing what you do. But there's no reason for you to be there. There's nobody. There, there is no threat. You know what we should do? We should have Damon turn his car around, bring the America's Voice, you know, camera and, and, uh, and Mike and just start interviewing them one by one. You know, ask the, ask the guard some questions and he could be like our Ben Burkwam from now on. Yeah. <laughs> our ben yeah. Burkwam. He'll love you for that. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I find it amusing that, uh, you know, th- th- they've been extended. But meanwhile, when the, the head of the Capitol Police Department, who has since retired uh, because he was forced out, Stephen Sund, on January 4th was requesting federal troops, National Guard troops, to help make sure that everything would be, um, you know, nice and safe on January the 6th, he was rebuffed. The mayor of D.C. said no, sent letters to the director saying, no, do not honor any requests. So, but now you can't, you can't get rid of these guys because now, now Pelosi and, and all her friends, now we need these guards. It, it's just, it's just an amazing, it, it, again, we're living in bizarro world time. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know where we go from here. I, where, what happens on May 26th? I mean, What? It's it's just it, it, it's mind numbing um, to watch this all play out, and, and I hope more people are starting to pay attention. I think this is, and again, I'll, I'll reference Trump because I think this is one of the greatest things his presidency has has kind of exposed, has exposed the DC swamp and what it actually looks like, and what they do, which, as you can see, is close to nothing. They really don't do much except take from you. Yep. And tell you what to do. Meanwhile, uh, they only get their power from us. So I, I, I feel like at any time, we can just say, you know what? Eh, not going to do it anymore. Yeah, well, that's why Divide and Conquer is such a big deal. It always reminds me of that movie. Remember that movie, uh, Disney Pixar movie, Ants? Yes. You know, hey, Hopper, we're stronger than you together. 
You know, it's the same thing. The people, they can't have Democrats. And that walk away campaign was a threat to the establishment. Yeah. You can't have even Tulsi, you know, on the, you know, on the Democratic side. She was a threat. She was a Russian agent. As soon as she spoke out against the machine. As soon as she said something about Hillary. Oh, my goodness. She's a, she's a Russian. Remember that? Yep. She said something against Hillary. And oh, my goodness. Everybody flipped out. Oh, well, she's a Russian agent. Yeah. From where? Who knows? So anyway. Trump, uh, Trump urges Herschel Walker to run for Georgia Senate seat. Former President Donald Trump called uh, former NFL player Herschel Walker uh, to run for the Georgia Senate. He said, wouldn't it be fantastic if the legendary Herschel Walker ran for the United States Senate in Georgia? He would be unstoppable, he, just like he was when he played for the Georgia Bulldogs. And in the NFL, he's also a great person. Run, Herschel, run. So yeah. that would be, uh, I mean, he is a... He's he really is a great human being. Yeah, he's a great Herschel patriot Walker. too, Paul. He really yeah. is. He and really so much for charity. He's yeah. just done so much for yeah. community. He's an elegant guy. He's yeah. just well spoken, very articulate. He's, Herschel, he's the bomb. I, and he also played for the president when he owned the uh, yeah, New Jersey, the Jersey Generals, Generals back in the day. Yeah, yeah that put the USFL that put the league on the map. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That's yeah, you know, just kind of a cool I, I think he should run for governor, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, hey, we've got some time here. Uh, we got another crazy town. Yeah, G spends a lot of time doing that. So let's do this right now, G. Crazy town number two for today. You guessed it, Jen Pisaki. <laughs> Who else? Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. Change the hair color. Make sure Jen has the right. Who's that color? <laughs> <laughs> Her name was uh, Roberta Jacobson. I thought it was Big Bird. Okay. I can't promise we'll always be that rapid when I promise to bring someone to the briefing room, but we'll try. We'll do our best. We'll, we'll do our best. Um, um, and he will. Uh, he plans to uh, appoint uh, somebody to uh, run point on implementation. I don't have any personnel announcements today, but President Biden will also announce that he is directing, uh, he is planning to direct, he's directing, I should say, Jeff Science, our COVID coordinator. Uh, the president will also discuss uh, the meeting today, uh, the meeting he's having today during his remarks. And I'll also uh, address, uh, of course, our, uh, the passage yeah, of, of the course. rescue plan during those remarks as well. Steve here. Lots going on here today. Um, and we'll be frank in explaining Beijing's actions and behavior, cha behavior challenge uh, to the security, prosperity. It's like a redheaded Pelosi. And our concerns about yeah. challenges they pose to the security uh, and values of the United States. Uh, 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 but, uh, <laughs> right, so, uh, so I'm happy to discuss this with our team. I'm not as familiar with the case, but. I, I will look into it and we'll get you back an answer. I don't have anything to preview for you, and, uh, but I don't have anything to preview in terms of a trip. I can't give you really a timeline of that uh, uh, in, the, in this period of time. I don't have anything more for you to predict. And we are still uh, going to focus uh, on combating uh, the issues of misinformation, uh, uh, but I, I can't make any predictions beyond <laughs> she that. Is the president uh, has said that he wants uh, the vice president to be the first in the room and the last in the room uh, when he has important briefings, when there are important policy decisions and discussions that are taking place. And that certainly is about. how he is uh, operating, or they are operating as a team together. Uh, in terms of what role she may play uh, in the Implementation. I don't have anything to preview for you on that. I don't have an exact breakdown of timeline. I know you're very excited about the website, um, which which many people are. 
Um, um, but I will say I would say they're all playing a pivotal role. The Department of Homeland Security. The uh, uh, we don't have a Health and Human Services Secretary confirmed yet. When he is, he will play a pivotal role. That's a, an excellent question. I will have to talk to our team about that and get an update on it, which we'll venture to do for you after the briefing. Go ahead. What is the next big priority after uh, the bill that you're hoping to sign? The president's hoping to sign on Friday. It's a very popular question, understandably, uh, but our focus is on. I don't know. Getting the American Rescue Plan implemented. Uh, we will have more to say. The president will have more to say on his Build Back Better agenda and what uh, the components of that look like, what the size, the uh, proposals, the uh, order of events will be, uh, but I don't have anything to preview for you. I, I would have to look into more specific details of that. Do you have any uh, sort of ETA for when the next cabinet secretaries will be approved and when are you going to start nominating ambassadors? Go ask our friends in the Senate. Uh, we expect uh, that some will move forward with, and, and, and we are hopeful, I should say, we are hopeful that uh, they move forward uh, with the remaining members of the cabinet, uh, given we are uh, almost two months into an administration. Uh, you've been telling migrants from right there for a month now, all the way back to February 10th, that now is not the time to come, but they are coming in bigger numbers every day. So do you have a messaging problem? Well, I would say that in the last administration, we had a morality problem and uh, children were being pulled from the arms of their parents and kids were being set, uh, sent back on a treacherous journey. And that's not the approach of this administration. So certainly we understand that means there will be more kids who are crossing the border. We made a policy decision that that was the right humane step to take. As the last administration is gone, tomorrow's 50 days of Biden. There are migrants showing up wearing t-shirts that say, Biden, please let us in. And candidate Biden is the one who said, I would end this notion for the first time in history that people seeking asylum have to be in squalor on the other side of the river. Why doesn't he come out and just say, now is not the time? Well, he actually did an interview with Univision about a week or week and a half ago where he conveyed a similar message. And we've conveyed that at every opportunity that we have. I will say we, we are, as you noted, almost 50 days in. We are dig digging ourselves out of a broken and dismantled system. We have several months before the fall, seven, six months, seven, five months. I, I, okay, I will stop doing math now. Uh, oh. I don't have any more details on the summit. <laughs> I know it's on. coming up in about six weeks, five weeks. It's only day four. 49, Jonathan. Oh we're, we're about to pass a historic, the most progressive bill in American history. It's it's passing today. Uh, as we know, we all have moments where we where we say something slightly differently than we would like to. Wow. Wow. Well, she's really good liar. Yeah. I mean, she's really good at lying. And at the end there was pretty revealing. When she was cheerleading the passing oh. the most progressive bill we've ever passed before. We had a morality problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's always Trump's fault. Yeah. So we, it's so great to have the big orange villain. <laughs> All right. We got to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be back. Final segment of the show already? Yep. Dang. Time flies. Rick Amorati is going to be come, coming back with some sports. We'll wrap up the show and, of course, more with you guys. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice. <laughs> Grab your hooch. Down it like Paul. Back right after this. Stay there. No clicking.
live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Final segment. Ready to go. Uh, we've, we've covered a bunch of stuff tonight. Unfortunately, there are a few things we're, we weren't able to get to. Hopefully, uh, we'll hit those tomorrow night when Damon is back in the, uh, the big boy chair and I'm over in my little hovel over there. Uh, in the meantime, let's go with sports and Rick Amarati, also known as Slick Rick. Yep. And Slick Rick Sports. Where is that on Twitter? That's right. Yep. At Slick Rick Sports on Twitter. Follow me anytime. And Rick, I want to thank you for setting me up with the Bobby Knight because I'm taking a beating tonight from everybody by not that I, fact that I did not know that. Really? I, I didn't realize he started coaching Indiana in 70, 1971, 72 season. He coached Army prior yep. and he coached them from 71 to 99. And then Texas Tech, you know, he finished out his career the last uh, five, six seasons. So, yes, Bobby Knight indeed was the man who led the Indiana Hoosers to that big 19. 19- 75 76 season where they were undefeated and won the national title even yeah, our almost... good buddy damon sent me something from <laughs> diffendals who said slick rick should know that bobby knight was the coach for the hoosiers undefeated season with buckner benson may wilkerson it wasn't coach norman and jimmy chitwood so i'm taking a beating on that one that's good though i'm, I'm one to always admit my mistake i should have known i didn't realize bobby was coaching all the way back then yeah. i really didn't well they're almost like the uh the miami dolphins the undefeated dolphins yeah you know it's that it's that perfect record throughout the season and then to win the championship as well so we'll see if uh we'll see if the uh gonzaga zags can pull it off yeah i don't know if gonzaga is going to be able to do it but we'll keep an eye we'll watch um so speaking of basketball let's get right into these ncaa finals i'm just going to give a few games uh duke over louisville 70 to 56 Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, 51 to 46 over Northwestern. Kansas State took care of TCU, 71 to 50. Utah over Washington, 98 95. Really good game there. And right now, Rice is leading Marshall, 61 52. NBA action, just two games in action tonight. You got the Grizzlies uh, over the Wizards, 81 79 in the third. And we got the Spurs right now leading the Mavericks, 59-52. Full slate of games tomorrow night. NHL action, we have a final. The Wild over the Golden Knights, 4-3. to And the Senators absolutely pummeling the Senators. Uh, the Oilers, 6 nothing Oilers. Um, and then uh, Anaheim, uh, in Anaheim, just underway to Kings and the Ducks. And the Avalanche, one nothing over the Coyotes. And not the Coyotes that are bringing people over the border. So let's not confuse that. <laughs> action like the, in Anaheim. I like the way you tie that in. Nice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, NHL returns to ESPN on a seven-year deal by Zach Wisnick, Wisnick of Yardbarker. ESPN announced earlier today that it has agreed to a seven-year deal with the NHL that will see the league return to the worldwide leader for the 2021 season. Uh, 2022 season. NHL games less aired on ESPN Network in 2004. I can't believe it's been that long. As was previously reported, ABC will broadcast four Stanley Cup final series as part of the agreement. 25 regular season games will be featured on either ABC or ESPN. 75 ESPN produced exclusive telecasts per season. The classic and beloved ESPN NHL theme music Paul remembers that song that did it uh, will be also returned. And the NHL is expected to split its new media rights deal across at least two companies according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. NBC and Fox are both uh, contenders for that. So ESPN will be the 
lead for the NHL starting next year, and uh, either Fox or NBC will pick up some Come of the other on, games. Fox. Yeah. Of I course, Fox. most of us have our local cable providers like MSG that we have to catch our uh, our home games on. But ESPN does a good job. They did a good job back in the day. They were big with Gretzky. They really brought him to the well, forefront. Well, hopefully, if Fox gets involved, they won't add that. Uh, remember that puck tracer they used to have? Oh, yeah. that was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> but think about how far ahead that technology was at the time. Yeah. yeah. If they have it now. I saw they, they did a study on it. I mean, um, a revamping of it. It's kind of cool for the novice fan. But then again, with HD TVs now, the puck really does show up way better. Right. It does. It's not like what you know the old picture tubes. Yeah, no, you can. You, it, it's hey, that's the fastest game in the world to follow, man. It's, aside from maybe NASCAR, it is that puck moves very, very quick, and it's it's a small, small disc. Um, and Marlins are to use dis, disinfected drone to clean the ballpark. Also by Zach Wisink of Yardbarker. You can see I spent a lot of time on Yardbarker. Earlier today, the Miami Marlins announced a partnership with Florida Pest Control and Parent Company Rent the Kill. Yeah, rent to kill, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to get my season tickets. <laughs> According to the release, the drone technology will cover up open areas with a fast-acting formula that inactivates uh, pathogens within four minutes of the drone application, uh, including coronavirus, uh, norovirus, H1N1, SARS. So are we supposed to take our masks off when they spray that on us? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we can get it in us to kill it? So the, Marlin, the Marlins currently intend to cap attendance for home games at roughly 25%. However, the Texas Rangers are the only team to date to set and welcome fans at 100% capacity for opening days. Leave it to Texas. The fans will be in full force. And uh, we'll see if they're wearing masks. That's, you know, we should really hope that that drives a bunch of those blue state liberals back out. Like, they're just disgusted by the whole thing, and they run yep. right back to California. Well, l- let me ask you this, Rick, because they're going to so they're gonna use a drone and basically spray everything down? Yes. Is that is that what you're saying? Yep. In Florida. In in Florida, Miami, the Miami Marlins. Where where sunlight is a plenty. Right. A plenty. And yes. scientists basically say that sunlight destroys coronavirus quickly. Also yes. true. <laughs> so they're uh, just gonna they're gonna add an extra layer of chemical yeah. into your, right. <laughs> your digestion. Okay, so so when you sit down, <laughs> you can kinda, you know, cover yourself. Hey, let me grab some of this extra coronavirus stuff and, and just wipe it yeah. down on me. I, Rick, I just think it's as simple as somebody's brother-in-law works in the front office of the Miami Marlins and his, and his other brother-in-law works for Rent-A-Kill. That's what I think. Yes, yeah, sounds just like <laughs> it. And his last name is Jeter. Yeah, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, Rent-A-Kill. Um, <laughs> and one more story real quick. Uh, back to the NHL. Uh, Artemi Panarin returns to New York Rangers. This is by Gavin Lee of Hockey Rumors. The New York Rangers announced that Artemi Panarin had returned to practice after taking a leave of absence from the team. But he's you know, missing both of his thumbs now, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> both, exactly. He lost bedbug. Uh, Putin took off both his thumbs. Yeah, don't speak out against Putin. And then uh, Panarin took an indefinite leave uh, back on February 22nd after his former Continental Hockey League coach, Andrea Nazarov, told a Russian newspaper that Panarin got into a physical altercation with a woman in Latvia, in Latvia 10 years ago. The NHL uh, told ESPN it had not been aware of or received a uh, complaint in relation to any incident involving, uh, involving Artemi Panarin back in December of 2011. So he's cleared, and God knows the Rangers need him because they haven't been doing too good so good for the Rangers and good for hockey and good to have Panarin back he's truly one of the better talents in the league and uh, that's a wrap in sports thank you very much and duly noted on Bobby Knight I got it thank you to our audience and uh, they took my thumb Charlie they took my thumb (laughs) yep
<laughs> it took my thumb. <laughs> I can't even hold. Well, anyhow. Um, hey, Rick, real quick, because uh, I found something that kind of relates to um, sports because, you know, we've only got a couple minutes left. But something we were talking about earlier, we've been talking about a lot lately, is this, uh, you know, transgender athletes in women's sports. And it turns out there's a poll now that just came out that says people are starting to really support this. Um, The issue, of course, biological men competing against biological females. People were asked, as you may know, Mississippi is moving towards this uh, participation uh, with high schools and universities. Based on what they know, do you support or oppose banning transgender athletes? And the poll shows that men, 59% support banning them, 29% oppose women, 46% support 34% 34% opposed. Republican, 74 to 70 uh, to, to 24. Uh, Democrats, 40% support, 42% opposed. So that's almost, that's almost at a even there. Yeah. Independents, they support it, 49 to 33. Gen Zs, uh, it's almost dead even, 43 to 44. Millennials, 56% support versus 28. And baby boomers, 50% to 32 oppose. So as you can see, this is, uh, this is touching everybody yep. because I think everybody's got an opinion on it. And it's something that uh, you know, I think a lot of people can identify with. Whether they played as a kid, maybe they have kids right now that are playing. It's something that reaches across. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your age seems like everybody's got an opinion on this and it's tilting towards, you know, let's, let's face it. Let's protect these girls and let them, let them play. Yeah. yeah let them play. Hey, I just want to throw it out there. That spray. Some of the people on the social media are saying there's a warning label on it to not let it get near food. So this is really not as much of a joke. This wow. rent to kill poison. So, all right. Well, that just about does it for us. Uh, thank you for joining us live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We appreciate it. Of course, we appreciate everybody out there. What? what I, I was looking at Rick winking. Oh. <laughs> He's already started the wink. We'll say goodbye till tomorrow night. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. See you in 22 right here 